This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys, fangirls, and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast, all things pop culture. I'm your host, The Franchise, and back from a three-week excursion for the first time in a while, Pico. Hello. Man, dude, it was like you were gone for the last three weeks. Where you been? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've uh, went traveling, and then I had to house it, uh, some dogs for a couple of days while the weather was kind of shitty uh, in both places, to be honest. Uh, I went to Washington for a few days, uh, got to hang out in Seattle, ah, and, and check out all the weather, like the, well, the weather, check out all the rainforests and... Rainforest? And, what the freaking rains? Well, what? Rainforest? Yeah. Uh, you mean like national parks? I know you went too, Rowan. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I, Rowan and I both went to Washington <laughs> to celebrate your your birthday. And uh, we saw the rainforest in, in Olympia, Washington. And then uh, then we just went around the downtown area of Seattle. So it was, it was cool to check out both places, um, the city of coffee, essentially, and seeing how Pike Place Market is and how amazed that can be getting lost in there and seeing the ocean was cool. So the Pacific Northwest is interesting. Um, a lot of trees, which I like a lot. Uh, it makes the landscape more interesting and, and uh, inviting. And the people have to definitely bundle up with there because it's cold. Like uh, the weather now, it's affecting us today, is way very similar to what we were feeling over there finally. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like we're maybe a month or two behind compared to them. Um, yeah, yeah, because I think last week, I think last Monday, Tuesday were the last warm days. Like it hit it hit us hard. Like I think the middle of the week it hit us hard because it kind of dipped. Like to the point when I, you know, I get up fucking early, like almost like three in the morning. So when I woke up, it was like a Thursday or Friday. I look at the, my phone and it was like freaking forty degrees. I'm like, holy shit. If you guys don't live in California, you guys live in the West Coast, yeah, for us, that's fucking cold, dude. Mm. 50s could be, like, manageable somewhat, as long as there's no wind, but, no wind chill, but, yeah, 40 degrees, yeah, that's, like, almost not close to winter, but I guess playing with fall probably, I would say now, fall probably hit us. Um, It's just, like, you know, it's just going to be, like, basically, I don't know, it, it's weird. Like, we're getting stuff late. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised our winter's going to start late. Summer kind of went longer than expected. The spring, I don't think spring lasted that long. And I think fall is probably going to last. Who knows? I know we had that one year in, the, in January we were looking like in the 50s. We didn't get to like super cold until like mid-January. <laughs> but, you know, that's the only thing. They keep saying, oh, it could change and stuff. You know, global warming and all that stuff. But it's like, yeah, it, it it's weird. You know, the water's been up and down lately. And like right now we're getting a lot of rain again. It's like. I don't know, people in Seattle, how do guys do it for like 40 days of rain, dude? It's just like, because that's what I'm known for, having like 40 days of rain. Mm. I don't know if it's spread out a, a month period or every other day, but that's what I'm known for. And of course, you know, now you get, now Seattle has a hockey team now. The Seattle Kraken just started their first uh, inaugural season for the NHL. Oh, so they're going to suck for a couple of years. 
No co takiego. Yeah, but I mean, did you guys like like see any like did you guys like did like research or anything go to like any sites that were like you know seen like in films and stuff no, while you're out there? No, I mean, not really. We we really went to just hike and see the trails and the, the nature and stuff mainly, and uh, we we saw a lot of bookstores, um, which was actually my favorite part. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of cool bookstores. See, that's got an interesting, interesting scene to it. It's, uh, it's. I don't feel like it's huge, so you can, I feel like you can get around around it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're not too far from Tacoma, which is like another city there in Washington. That's well, we didn't know, we just passed by it, but it looks like it's probably got a lot of shit you can do down there. But um, it's nice because you're not too far from Portland either, so. Realistically, I'm sure a lot of people tend to migrate from Seattle, Portland, if they're, if they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? God damn, what's in my head? If they're more accustomed to be living in the city and it's, if it's for them, then like I could see a lot of people migrating towards that, towards Seattle. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, as far as, uh, pricing and things like that, it's very much feels like Chicago. It's not too different. So, uh, you're mainly paying a dollar more in tax over there so Hmm. they just tax probably things a little differently just depends what they do but since we're in illinois we tax everything (laughs) so we just assume it's already taxed here but uh no it was cool we we um i'm trying to oh we went to this japanese garden that was really cool um had a lot of different flowers there's some fish in these really cool ponds that were there and it was very tranquil that um and they have like this foundation that kind of keeps it running when they just have a lot of donations that they use to kind of maintain its upkeep uh which is what it, oh yeah i forgot that that part of the forest is the whole forest right yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah like what's what's cool is that like you you kind of are driving on the peninsulas of the northwest so like you really get to take in um these large bodies of water and this land masses of trees that are just kind of around it that kind of act as like these like carved patterns into the world so it's kind of interesting how it like separates those and it it bears out into the ocean and like it's it's it makes it i feel like from people coming from the midwest going up there compared to what i'm assuming like what West Coast people are probably used to, maybe California, because it has different types of landscapes going on throughout the state. Yeah, like, because then, yeah, because you got compared like, to us, we just it's very flat. So like seeing that, I mean, we probably have some cool. hill regions, but not as much. It's just no, point. man, do not come this that. But obviously, like not shit. as much. Yeah, we don't have shit compared to these people. <laughs> like everything is a hill there. Um, but, How's it like COVID wise? Like you know, like eh, it's the same. It's kind of like yeah. pretty much the same. Like here, if you can yeah. say compared to Illinois, yeah, it's the same. Everyone's just you have to wear a mask most places, but if you're when you're eating, you're good. It's just it's the same shit. No one's really changed much on that. Um, like, how's the vegan scene over there? <clears throat> good, good. Holy yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. we had a lot of good places. Um, that's what that's what the thing is. Is like I feel like the West Coast was ahead of that. They just have more of a, a, a catering, like, uh, what is it, that catering? Like, they cater to that market of people. Mm-hmm. If it's probably larger in the West Coast than it is compared to the Midwest. They're more, you know, dairy land and fucking... 
we're meat and potatoes out here. You know, meat, cheese, and potatoes. Like, compared to the West Coast. So, um, the options there, I feel like, is very easy for us to find. Um, good food. We went to a brun good brunch spot. Uh, had, like, these tofu wings that were very, they're like, these pucks. They yeah. were okay. They weren't the best. But, uh, like... What I liked is that our, our our location specifically was very close to driving to the forest, driving to downtown, giving yourself a couple of days to still really get a good feel for the city. Like we went to Veggie Grow, that was the one thing I really wanted to do and we got to do that shit. It was delicious. Um, but like I w the only thing I wish was just a little warmer, man. But overall it was a good and that was a good trip. Um and then we coming back right back to doing a house sitting was was nice too just because the dogs were good and we were just chilling out so the weather i think here allowed it too because it was just storming all weekend so it just made it uh just very relaxing so help it's helping me kick this damn little whatever i have in my throat um it's giving me time to do that but like with this fucking weather it's annoying yeah, it's kind of hard when you're, like, going from, like, one Yeah, climate. it's starting it's like, to get worse here, so it's just like, oh, well, fuck. Yeah, that's what it is for me right now. It's, like, freaking dealing with yeah, transition and shit. It's, like, with me with allergies and, like, freaking, like, it like it hits me hard with the weather, too. So it's, like, it kind of changes, too, because you go from warm to you go to cold, so your body's trying to adjust and, you know, it, it, it can be tough. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, like I said, the temperature dropping, so, like, today it was fucking raining like all day and then yeah. all of a sudden around two o'clock then the sun comes i'm like son of a bitch you know it's like really that's <laughs> right gonna rain again tomorrow man yeah like tomorrow's supposed to be like i think tomorrow's supposed to be like sunny but yeah. like later in the week's gonna rain again it's like okay great and um the foul, really yeah it, it, i mean it's crazy and like i know right now there's like this week actually it'll be my first time going to a movie theater over like a year and a half because I, like I said, the last film I saw in theaters was like Sonic the Hedgehog was the last film I saw in theaters before the lockdown. Uh, hey, I'm not regretting because I want to go see Sonic. Dude. Come on, it was a yeah, good film. I should regret it. I did not regret. I did not regret nothing. Uh, and the reason why I'm going this week is because um, my Hero Academia World Heroes Mission is coming out. The third film. I can't wait. It's coming out from like a limited release, and it's coming up from like. Friday, I'm actually gonna go see the dub version because I want to like enjoy the animation. Yeah, I would have seen the subtitle one, but it's like I don't know how big the subtitles are gonna be, and you know I don't want to miss anything. So I got the tickets for the dub one. So I can't wait for that. That I can't wait for that. And of course, you know, like I said, that's like the first thing I'm gonna do. Like the first thing I go to the theater. So it's like it's gonna be interesting. Because like I said, I don't know what was the, what was the last film you saw in the theater. So like I don't know. We want to respect. It wasn't too long ago. That's fine. Pretty normal. Felt typically what you normally do in theaters. You just have a mask on your face. Yeah. So, it was good. Um, uh, we went... What did we... We went to that one big spot. So, like, it was good. I don't know. It felt fine. It's nice to say that they're putting a lot of movies again. It's just... It's hard to... I just I don't know. I don't think it's hard... It's hard to compromise that experience compared to watching it at home. I do like that you do get the big box movies and get a chance to see it here but like if you don't have a good surround system then it's just not comparative 
It's not like the experience is not the same, you know. It's just not good. Yeah, because you have that like that you know mystique of being in a theater, you know. Yeah, you know you get you kind of get away for a little bit from the world, you know. You kind of like, you know, I feel like it's it's like you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. If you submit your imagination to it, and you just kind of put yourself in the zone of reading the book and letting yourself go, like it's, I think it's similar to that, like that kind of haze you put yourself in when you're watching a long movie or so of. You got, you know, you got your good snacks, your favorite snacks. It's a, you're in a dark room. Everything sounds loud enough. You hear everything, and you're watching something that you're mildly interested in. And if it's good, you're you're engaged. So, I think all your senses are firing at the same point. So, like you're you you can only mimic that so much in your home. Like I mean, you, comparative to these people who have these mega mansions, right? Like. Yeah. They have home theaters built in, but I'm saying like the regular person who has uh like seven hundred square foot apartment, maybe six hundred square foot apartment, like who maybe could have the living room to the most coziest level they possibly can and they wanna fire up their movie, that's good. But then you can't fire up like loud, you have neighbors, you have pets maybe, like you have kids maybe, like you can't you can't do that. Like, some people make a whole date out of it. Like, you could do the movie night date stuff, too. Like, there's... Both are good. But, like, I just... I just feel like... Just how drive-ins were becoming good again. Because, like, we can go in the car and everyone's yeah, like, oh, distance, yeah. this is actually pretty cool. And it's like, now there's a relative market that's kind of... Was rejuvenated because of this. But it also shows, like, this stuff is still... As much as it gets outdated with technology, it, it's still very special because it's something that humans made on their own. And it is pretty decent to just, I guess, watch from your fucking car on a big screen outside. Um, there's something about that, too. So it's just like, yeah, they're kind of dumb when you look at it. But at the same time, it's just experiences that, like, you kind of put yourself even back in the day when people were doing that for the first time. So it's like... Watching that, like watching something in the movies, even with the pandemic going on, I think uh, safely, it's something that I feel like it's nice to see people do again. Because um, that was the things that we were, I, I thought that was going to go, man. What? The theater industry. Yeah. I thought it was going to go. If they, if, if they didn't allow them to be like, let's do a deal with both sides. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a day. Yeah, because like, now it's done. like it's they're slowly like now they're starting to advertise films now for theaters, thing only in theaters. You know, yeah. same time it's just trying to get like you know people. Hey, the actors are stuff. getting screwed, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can't let people get. That's like uh, I feel it's like that's like the actors not being able to see their games being. It's like that. It's like how are the players being played, or how the players gonna get paid if they can't play the game, right? Yeah. So actors is like, well, how are we going to get paid if it's not getting shown in theaters, too? Mm-hmm. We don't get money on that, on box sale, if we only see whatever deal we signed at the beginning just to act on this movie for X amount of months. Um, mm-hmm. So, as more, unfortunately, as much as we don't like to see these actors get paid a lot, like, they are, they did put their efforts in their personal lives to get to that part, part somehow, and and then they're in the industry that pays you that, so, like... I can understand that they are able to fight these sharks that are in the industry that don't want to pay 
what they are asking for in services. Yeah, like ScarJo, like she got her settlement and stuff now, so that got settled out of, you know, the regular. Yeah, they're it's going to continue to happen. Yeah, they had to reach a settlement. And then, yeah, it's, it's it's like I said, for me, it's like I said, I'm excited because, I, like I said, it's the first, like, time I'm going to the theater yeah. in a while. And I'm excited because it's, like I said, it depends what, what movie I want to see. And, of course, this film being, you know, it was released in the summer in Japan. And we're getting it this year at least because it's probably going to be another like five or three months till it gets released on home video, which I'm definitely going to buy, but at least I got to go see it because I see the last, this is going to be the third film of the two films I saw in theaters. There's a man where Beacon, you saw the second one with me. Yeah. And this is going to be the third one, which is the team up mission, which, you know, they now said, you know, they're making a bunch of films. Um, with, you know, even with the series itself, like, with the manga itself going into its final arc, which I've been keeping up right now with the app, with this app I've been using, Tachiomi, which is great because you get access to manga stuff. You get able to, I'm able to catch up and read what the final arc is, and like it's starting to add to that big climax. And you know, even in Japan right now, they're still like they're still dealing with COVID and stuff, and it's like the productions get halted or they have to delay. Like you have manga creators have to take like a week to break, you know, because some do like weekly chapters. So like the guy who does One Punch Man does it monthly. He has a chapter every month. Versus like, you know, versus like, you know, mangas they have to do it every week. They got to get a chapter out every week. And it's cool. And also, too, there's like a lot of anime being announced and stuff. A lot of stuff being released. Like, I, like the last few weeks I was doing the anime fall previews. Like, a lot of stuff is coming out soon. They just keep announcing more to the point. Now they're going to make animes based on mobile games as well. Oh, they just announced like the Arknights uh, anime is going to be adapted. Arknight, they're adapting Arknights into an anime. That's like a mobile game. <laughs> and it's like, they're adapting video games to anime. So it's like, great. Um, so there's like a lot of stuff getting out in there. And then, of course, they, you know, some gets delayed or it gets pushed back. Or like they finally released a teaser for Attack of Titan, you know, part two. That's going to come out winter, basically January of 2022. So we're going to wait for that. Which I need to get back on Attack on Titans. <laughs> and right now I've been... Pretty much, I started doing like One Piece because right now One Piece is um they're promoting like it's up approaching its one thousand episode um of the anime itself and the manga is already the manga is already at a hundred one thousand twenty eight chapters and I just started reading One Piece. You know, I started with the anime first. I decided to go back and start reading the manga. I'm really like chapter two hundred something. Basically, I'm volume 28 of One Piece. <laughs> mm. And it's about 100 volumes. <laughs> Collected volumes so far. And of course, they got, you know, they got the... They got the live action that's in the works. Uh, with Netflix. And then, um... I look forward to it, see how they do that. Um, but they just released... Um, Netflix just released the first teaser of um, Kawa Bebop. Um, they first... They showed the actual opening. Sequence. You know, they had the song from the anime itself. Because they got the original composer of Kyle Bebop to do the music for the show. It looks really good. I mean, they added all the characters from the, the arcs and the way they're making it. It's like... They're definitely some elements from the anime. And they're adding more stuff to it. They're expanding on it. And I think they just released another teaser. Because it's coming out next month. Kyle Bebop comes out next month. The live action with John Cho. And it's coming out... I think November 19th, I think it is. Somewhere on a Friday, I think they released it on there. And they released, like, the first clip called Lost Session, which looks really good. It looks, like, really nice. Like, the transitions and everything. The characters look great. 
And I can't wait to see it because it's like, it's something that's been teased for a while and finally gets to go on the big screen and that's something I'm looking forward to see. And then of course, you know, we had another incident when something goes wrong on set. So I know the big thing that's been going on, like Alec Baldwin's name has been made a headlines, but not in a very positive way. Basically, um, if you guys haven't read, um, the cinematographer for the film that he was working on called Rust died from a parent, you know, live round that was supposedly in a prop gun. And supposedly what happened was, I guess, she's a cinematographer and I guess during the thing was, I guess they were doing a rehearsal scene or something and for some reason the prop gun that Alec Baum was using actually had a live round in it. And it's kind of similar. It goes back. It's like almost similar. I don't know why people never learn what happened with Jason Lee. Yeah. If you guys don't know, you probably were young for it. But if you guys remember the movie The Crow. No, not Jason Lee. Brandon Lee was his name. Brandon Lee, yeah. If you guys remember, um, Brent, I keep getting names. Jason Lee's the other actor. Um, Jason Lee's the actor from All Rats. <laughs> Brody. <laughs> Brody, man. Okay. Um, yeah, if you guys remember the Crow, Brandon Lee, you know, what happened was the scene where his character gets shoot like, almost like a rage, he gets, and supposedly they were using the same thing. They were using a prop gun, but upon the blank, I guess a piece of blank got jammed, and so when they fired it, the piece, it broke off, and the shrapnel pretty much punctured Brandon Lee's chest, like, his gut. Pretty much he started bleeding internally, by the time they got into the hospital, he was pronounced dead. And this is what I will hear was, apparently, I'll see if I can look it up, but it's still making headlines of it. Let me look up. I'll look Baldwin. And that's what kind of like led me to this as well. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull it up here. News. Here we go. All right, here you go. I think I got. I just pulled it up right now. Oh, I don't want to get it from this source. <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> here we'll see then. Here we go. Yeah, so suppose this is what happened. Um, let's see here. This is from CNN, and pretty much the CNN was like pretty much keeping updates. So, yeah. So supposedly this is what happened here. Um, trying to get like the full story here. Trying to look for like the oldest article. Because even uh, NPR was talking about it. And I was like, damn. Yeah, supposedly this is what happened was, I guess, um, they're filming the, they're in New Mexico, they're filming the movie, like, it's called Rust. And basically what happened was, I guess they were doing like a rehearsal scene. And they had like the prop guns, you know? And these guys have three guns, you know? And they're supposed to have like blanks. They're not supposed to have anything inside them. Well, apparently, I guess during the rehearsal, 
Oh, it's my freaking laptop. Okay, or tablet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to look for like the oldest article. I'm just trying to get like all the details, but it's like. Oh, wait, you need a sister director got like freaking attacked too, as well. Yeah, the uh, director of photography on this set died. Yeah, she was a cinematographer, Hanya Hutchins. Okay, she died. Okay, here we go. I think I found the first article. Here it is. Yeah, that's me. Here we go. 21st. This is when this article is from CNN. And here's this from CNN. So basically, um, director of photography... Helena Hutchins, number 42, um, says, if Phil Kramers died and Nard was injured, they out of when discharged a prop fireman and said the movie rust in the U.S. on Thursday. According to law enforcement, they provided by CNN. So it was argued by CNN. Director of photography, Helena Hutchins, 42, was reported to the hospital via helicopter and pronounced dead by medical personnel at the University of New Mexico Hospital, according to Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. Director Joel Souza, who was 48, was transported to a crisis St. Vincent's Regional Medical Center by an ambulance for care. Details of condition were not released. Mm. It says here, according to the investigators, it appears the scene being filmed involved the use of a prop firearm it was discharged. Even said the direct detectives are risking how and what type of projectile was discharged. It says the incident happened like around 1.50 p.m. local time. Um, Russ is a West firm set in the 1880s that stars Alec Baldwin, Travis Fimmel, and Jensen Eccles. The story is about a 13-year-old boy who goes on a run with his long-estranged grandfather after he sends to hang for an accidental kid with a local rancher. So, like, like Western, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, and here we go. And then they compare it to uh, what happened to uh, Brandon Lee. I mean, that comparison. It says, Ian Blake's could be deadly if fired at close range. 1984 actor John Eric Hexel was playing around a gun to set up cover-up going opportunity there after putting the gun to his head. So even blanks can hurt as well, depending on how blanks you shoot. Well, apparently, they're saying it had light brown, and according to different like updates, like an article said that even a crew member said cold gun. I guess that's sort of cold word meaning that it does not it's supposed not to have any light browns. I thought and, it was a hot gun though. They're saying it was a hot. It felt hot. He was saying that the gun felt hot. Because apparently they're saying they were practicing with it, like yeah. offset before they, they rehearsed the scenes and stuff. But here, let me pull up the updates here. Well, he had mentioned something here about when he held the gun. Krumer yelled cold guns, he handed out a bone prop weapon. Here we go. Uh -huh. So basically, it says here, assistant director, okay. Assistant director, apparently, assistant director got a lot of complaints in the past, too. Before it says, assistant director handed out a bone prop firing yelled cold gun before the actor fired weapon, killing the cinematographer, Hanging Hutchins, and during director Joe Souza. Kogan remark was meant to indicate the weapon did not have any live rounds. 
But since the coin affidavit, Baldwin was handed one of three pop guns by assistant director David Halls. That's the guy that supposedly had like complaints in the past and stuff. And I guess I don't know who he worked on. And it says here, they were set up in a carpet armor for the movie Russ. Halls did not know there were live rounds in the gun. So when they had to fire the gun, live round hit Hutchins 42 in the chest and wounded Souza 40 who was nearby. Of course, she was pronounced dead. Before Thursday shooting, some crewmen quit the production over concerns related to safety, including gun inspections and COVID-19 protocols. Now they follow, according to the LA Times. Three crew members were on set last week and told the Times there were two accidental prop gun discharges before Thursday. So they had problems before. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it says right now, it says they're <laughs> conducting review, but right now they're just saying right now that um, even the guy who was who set up apparently was a uh, Basically, he was not union, basically. He was like a scab. No, I mean, it sounds like to me that it's probably one of those movies that have a good budget, but they're just trying to do things skimmingly by the book so people can mainly get paid. You know, so, I mean, if they're letting something, like, especially when they're using guns on sets like that, isn't, I feel like that's just something that they should always have pretty uh, regulated and and have specialists pretty much on on call twenty four seven for that type of stuff. You know, like it sucks that. Even it says there, it's supposed to point. Like even they're saying like, uh, I guess they asked like the whole cold gun things. Uh, Brian Carpenter, I guess they asked CNN asked this guy named Brian Carpenter who's an armor and mat weapons master in the film industry, so he's that experience. Yeah, like a guy like that. He says there. Even he says it's like yeah he says he says cold guns aren't supposed to be loaded particularly during rehearsals so when they have rehearsals they're not supposed to be loaded at all he says this is what he says he quotes this is what Brian Carpenter said told CNN you have to make sure that the weapon is truly cold which means that there should have been no rounds in their period right. especially if it's a rehearsal and this guy's like a thing he says here Carpenter added that while it's accepted for some actors to want to get a feel of the weapon. During rehearsals, it is crucial to ensure that prop guns are not filled with any rounds. You know that weapons on set should be confirmed cold by two people to avoid such tragic events. Yeah. Even though they had safety measures, it has happened in the past. And they said they're making, and of course, you know, even they're saying, Prop Master Joseph Fisher told CNN Friday that even when there is no bullet in a prop gun, there are still projectiles including gunpowder and gas, which can't be dangerous within a certain range. Mm. And this is there mostly just investigating how the shooting happened. I guess it's, they're filming it at Bonanza Creek Ranch in New Mexico. <laughs> this is what Al. Um, Baldwin said right here about what happened. And that he's been in contact with the family too of Hutchins. This yeah. is what Al Baldwin said. There are no words to create my shock and sadness regarding the strike accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, deeply admired colleague of ours. Baldwin tweeted, I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred and I am in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and who knew and loved um, Helena. Mm. So, I mean, at least he's, like, helping out. Because you're an executive producer. You're, you're, like, you're, like, yeah, you got responsibility, dude. It's, like, it's, like, to me, it's, like, you think it's going to be a push to the point where, you know, instead of having, they should replace guns with actual, like, toys. Yeah. 
you need to be you'll be down the line if this keeps happening because like based on the instance that happens in the past, something happened in ninety four and then it happened with Brandon Lee in ninety three. You think it will get to the point where they'll actually have to use like toy props and just actually digitally replace them with guns in post production? Or you think they, they that this is another call for being more regulated, even on film industries? I don't know. I just think it's a freak accident. But I feel like they should have had people double checking, triple checking stuff. You know, that's that's all you can. And do. if you got a guy who's not in experience, because now like he could be at fault because he didn't check it, and they said it had three prop guns. It just sounds like it's a person like that. They would normally have someone kind of in charge of maintaining props and especially when they use them and maintaining condition and functionality of the stuff and whether or not they're going to be in function for the scene. I feel like the sets would already have someone designated for that position. I just don't, I just, it could have been easily a mistake that was made and it passed through and directors, producers make shit you know, make there any changes on the fly, you know, they could have easily been like, well, we can shoot the scene right now if we just fit it, we have like a couple hours left of daylight. You know, decisions get made rapidly on sets and like, I feel, I just feel like it could have, it could have been the case to where like, this kind of got lost in the, you know, in the chain and they gave the guns a ball and then it's unfortunate that like, they, like the actor has to be the one who shoots the gun you know, unaware that it ha- was going to, like, you know, cause something like that to happen. So, like, I don't know. It's I feel bad for Baldwin to be in that situation because it's, like, fuck. It's a mistake. And, and like, obviously you're going to find people to blame. People are going to start blaming the others and set that should have not let this happen. Um, But, I don't know. I think it's, like, you can't... It's hard not to feel like it's, it's a mistake that was just hard to avoid you know you could have done a lot of things too but if it was i don't know i don't want to call it fate or anything yeah it looks like it says here the, the assistant director um was fired yeah three oh. yeah it says here three crew members who worked alongside rose assistant director david halls on our movie were going to spend discharge 2019 details you know that they what they call in six days before house was fired for the project Okay, so this is um this on CNN is like the latest article they had about just covering it. Um, Nina Krumer said, I guess the last film that he worked on called Freedom's Pass is here. This is what the three said about the production not holding regular safety meetings contrary to typical industry practice. He says he's a person with enough red flags that his career should have been done with already. Yeah, he was still out there putting crew to outrageous situations and something think that Helena could could just been well one of our crews. Let him say it was just too close for comfort. Arkansas sent a statement it cannot comment on any conversation that may or may not have taken place in the between David Halls and crew members. Tina has asked the company about the crew members' statements regarding regular safety meetings with Halls as well as Rock Hill Sues and our production could call for Freedom Smith did not respond to that. <laughs> See, like, it's 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 tough. Like, I get it. Like, if he's had red flags in the past, I'm sure. All it says here in the statement of CNN, Rock Hill Sues denied that a background actor was hired as an armor, saying that armor was, on, was to be on set in every instance a gun was present. Cummings says Halls was removed from the set and fired from production, says here. Fired from the production. Halls was removed from the set immediately after the product on this series. Production did not resume filming until Dave was off-site. His report was taken and filed at the time it said. Says here, upon wrapping production for his day, Dave Halls was officially terminated. Given the specific reasons for his termination, the company continued. 
Dave was very remorseful for the events and understood the reasons he was being terminated. On new assistant director as well as on new armor were hired for duration of principal photography. So they pretty much got rid of the people that screwed up, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it says here, in the most for the accidental discharge, one crew member said the gun was analysis and no fire or weapon. For the scene, a second crew member said they asked multiple times if the gun was clear for using the shot and did not receive a clear answer. Is it a two crew says some rifles in the making of the movie had been packed with gunpowder but did not contain projectiles? The rifle that misfired was not supposed to be loaded at the all, the crew member said. So it was like a rifle, basically. Because like I said, it was a western, so they were using rifles. Mm. But it said it should not have been loaded with anything at all, it says here. The accident discharge disorders had a boom much microphone operator who suffered injuries to her inner ear and required medical attention screening hearing loss and balance issues. Oh, wow. Yeah, so apparently um, the cinematographer she got hit in the shoulder, but it looks like she kind of bled out, basically. But still, dude, it's like... Damn. It sucks, man. Like they, were they, like, in the middle of nowhere? Did they not have, like, a... No, they were in a ranch. I guess it's a ranch they used to film movies and stuff. A medic? Damn. They usually have, but they said it right away. They had to, like, try to air her out and stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. Because, like, yeah. Because, like, when I hear that, like... I mean, if it hit her I mean they gotta shoulder, have like when you film movies, dude, you gotta have like a medical staff yeah. on standby. Because things could happen. You know, the actors could get injured. Or get shot and fucking die. Apparently, yeah. I mean But yeah. And like you said, when you have it's like I don't know if they do checks on these people. They do like when you try to get hired in a film, don't they look at your background and stuff and see, you know? I mean, you're all con- they're all just you're all contract work, so it just depends. Half the time, these people have agents that deal with that, and that the actor doesn't. Dude, like half those people don't care. Like the people that show up, like have unions negotiate all that. Like, I'm sure they have to sit down when they get interviewed and stuff with the opportunities. But like most of the time, I don't know if they're not in charge of that. They're just there to do the job that they're supposed to do. But like, that's where it's just. I feel I just it's up to the director to create maybe that culture too as well where you uh-huh. feel like things procedures are being done to a standard where everyone's safe and and you know everyone's working in the environment that's comfortable and everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing and like and working effectively and collaboratively but like I said I don't know like as much as people are gonna start throwing and be like oh this guy should have been fucking canned forever like I don't. I feel like this tends to happen in Hollywood a lot where one guy gets, or like one person gets kind of like don't thrown on the bus and like everyone likes to jump. And be like, yeah, I always knew this person was this and that, that, that. In cases where it's true. Mm-hmm. And then there's cases where it's not true. Mm-hmm. And then people still can on them. And then, and then you have those same people who are like, oh, well, it sucks. I was supporting them the whole time. They're good now. And it's like, I hate how people were canning them right away before like, they, they got their day in trial and all that stuff. Like, look at the Cosby situation. As bad as it sounds, like, he did the trial thing and he beat those cases that he did. People still know he was fucking did that stuff, but, like, he still had people that were saying he didn't do it. And they were trying to get him, and, like, he beat the cases. So it's just... You're gonna have people on both sides who see that, like... Well, one person does wrong, the other person 
may see as it's not being wrong. And then uh-huh. in this case, like you can see people who feel like it's the director's fault that you know the guns weren't checked. And then I feel like, well, don't they have people in charge of like looking over this stuff? I just don't understand. Like, even I'm at fucking fast food places. There's more fucking supervision over things. So it's like, but on a set, it's, I don't understand how that could happen, but I just think it's something that, it's unfortunate that it happened, but it's not, I don't know, I don't want to chalk up the fate, but it's just, it's something that's like, I don't know if they could have stopped it. Like, it, it definitely sucks that she was there and it happened, but like, man, I just, I don't know, it's it's sad to hear this day and age, right, compared to what happened to uh, Brandon Lee, but... Alec Baldwin. I don't even know what they what they would do. It's like I guess like you can't charge him for murder, but like he's gonna have to live with that for the rest of his life. It's unfortunate. But um, I'm, I like for the fact that you know he's being so like cooperative with the police, and he's at least he's keeping in touch with the family. Well, he has to. Man. He's like producer. You're kind of like one of the managers. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and he had to be the guy who pulled the trigger. In the scene, so he it's it's hard yeah it's hard to for him not for him to be laying low in this situation would be very uh very dumb. So I understand he's gonna be feeling very screwed up in his mind and just it's got not a good place to be when it comes to that. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised he took a like sabbatical from acting for a while to kind of just like yeah. re- recollect himself and. Well, hopefully you know, not blame himself. So I wonder, like, I guess they pause the production for right now, and then we'll have to wait. Then we're gonna wait and see what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then I don't. We're talking topic. Like another thing right now is like with allegations and stuff. Right now, Ruby Rose, uh, the actress, she's like releasing stuff because she was she played Batwoman for the CW series, and she decided to walk away from it. Um, there's been like things where she's releasing like emails. She's like, you know. She's uh making like complaints and stuff. I guess the crew members on the set and stuff. Because mm. remember, she got injured while filming the the show and stuff. And apparently, she decided to share some um, emails. She started releasing some emails that uh about the work, unsafe work conditions and stuff. Let me see if I can pull it up. I got it from CBR. It says here, former Batwoman actor Ruby Rose begins sharing messages and emails to support allegations about hazardous onset. You know. Conditions and demands. This here on Instagram, Rose sharing emails between herself and her town manager, Carol Bowie, regarding how Rose was so close to being done with the show in February 2020. The series just begins with Rose saying that she can't, she won't take crumbs and demanding better from the industry. Let's see, it's like musty images. And like I guess it's like all the things she's sharing on her Instagram, how I guess the communication with her and her manager and stuff. Dan, do you would think you thought the eve of social media happening, uh, Hollywood wouldn't be up to their fucking scheming ways, gross ways? But hey, man, <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Yeah. And of course, I found out too that um, the actor who played Gunther and uh, Friends passed away. 
Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yes, Michael Tyler, yeah, our friend's gone through for dies at 59 years old. Oh, he was 59, wow. Yeah, he was young. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I, I saw, like, I read that he was the only reason he got, well, one of the things that helped him land the role of Gunther is that he was the only, one of the other actors there that knew how to use an espresso machine. Really? Yeah, because he used to work at a cafe. So, um, it helped him in his role, who would have thought, right? And it got him, now he got those residual monies from there, just doing what he did for real, for regular money to pay the bills. Look at that, who would have thought? It's funny when you, like, start doing shit and you will never know until it serves you later on in life. Yeah. Um. Hmm. It's like Hayden Christian is making headlines. Uh, apparently not only appearing in the Obi-Wan series as Darth Vader, he actually will also appear in the Ahsoka Star Wars series as well. The live action is Star Wars already awesome. Wait, so he's going to be in it? Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to have him like as Vader. So maybe we'll see more of him as Vader. Or may have like flashbacks when he was like training her and stuff. So I wonder if they're going to have like Deer that will have like flashbacks. Well, they said, yeah, he's going to make an appearance. Because he said he, said he was going to be in only one. I can't wait for that. Mm. The only one series. Um, I don't know, man. It's like, it's getting weird. Like I said, like, you know, movie sets, I think, like I said, it's like things happen, but it sucks, you know. Like I said, I don't know, like I said, he calls for better regulation. Mm-hmm. That he do better evaluation of crew members, making sure they're doing, like I said, doing safety checks. Have like a checklist or something, you know, accountable. You know, check and make sure these props are, you know, safe to use. You know, they're like have a professional armor who's good those who's good at their job checking these props and make sure, you know, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. Just check it off saying, Hey, has this done a checklist, <laughs> test the product out before you use it, you know, test the prop before you give it to the actor because you know, make sure you know it's been cleaned out, there's nothing, no residual projectiles inside it. I mean, there's a lot of things with technology to point you probably don't need to put in actual rounds. You could probably add, like, effects and stuff in post. If you notice in films, all that stuff they add in movies, it's all added in post. Like, the punches and all that stuff. People don't realize, like, the punches and stuff, all the grunts they see in movies are usually done in post. Where the actors go back and actually, you know, record their lines over. And, like, there's still used Foley artists who are still, like, making sound effects using everyday objects. They still do it for, like, big productions. And you don't know what Foley artists are. They're the ones who, like, you know, they make sound effects. Using everyday objects and using using it in post-productions, even for live-action films. They did it all the time for cartoons and animation, but they still did it for, like, live-action films as well. Because there's, like, a thing I saw, uh, I think, even, like, actors have to go in and add, like, the grunt stuff. Like, I remember this one clip on Reddit where it was from the film, um, what film was it? I think it was in the Wolverine, and it was Hugh Jackman doing like the noise, like the the work for post production for the Wolverine. And you see him like actually getting into it and stuff, adding the grunts and stuff and stuff. So like people don't realize, yeah, a lot of stuff like them hitting, like people hitting each other and stuff. It's all like they're basically full artists making hitting a bag. Yeah, like that stuff's added in post versus actually being outside and hearing it. Yeah, because it wouldn't be loud enough. No, it wouldn't be loud enough. Like, even, like, animals or even animal noises are exaggerated as well. Yeah. Just, like, a combination of stuff, but... It's, like... 
It's crazy. Um, and of course, um, uh, like convention season's coming up again. Like I think New York Comic Con was like the past weekend. Huh. And of course, you know, if you live in Illinois, like C two is coming up in December. Um, I'm still debate, and you know, yeah, I think last it Sunday was the last day to order badges to get mailed out. But right now, if you still order badges, like I think you have to go to will call. But I'm like the bam. I'm I'll probably get a hold till next year. Like I know some people are going to conventions now, but I don't know, dude. I'm, so, I'm very surprised they like pushed up the date for C three T even further than what it was last year, right? So it's, it's because of the pandemic, dude. Yeah. Cause remember, we got lucky. We went there before the pandemic. Yeah. But now for them doing it in December of this year, you know, but you still, it's like. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably gonna wait till next next year once it like calms down more. I think because with it being like the first, like I mean, we the Wizard World isn't that that far away, and it's like I understand people are being urged to go out right now. I don't really announce a lot of conventions coming up and stuff, but it's like it's gonna be a pack because it's you know people that had the tickets from last year. They, that's why I'm like I'm just wait till next year to go out the conventions. You know, it's I'm just gonna hold off right now. Yeah. Just waiting until, you know, like, basically the storm calms down and, <coughs> like I said, you Excuse get a, you know, the hype of people going and, and stuff. And it, I think right now, like, Animaniacs just released a, a new trailer for, like, season two for Hulu. <laughs> Promising more stuff. And then, uh, let's see what else I just saw here. And she's doing Power Rangers? God dang. <laughs> Trying to see here. That's all something on here. Uh, hang on, I just I thought I saw something. I don't. Know, I heard like Dave Chappelle made the headlines in front of his recent special, wasn't it? What is he not? Yeah, just the same old. Just a lot of. Back and forth. There was like a walkout at the Netflix offices because of his uh, jokes about uh, transgender people. And, oh, no. Uh, a lot of workers at the offices were taking offense to it that uh, Netflix made a statement basically saying it like... Uh, and it's out there if you want to look it up. Um, the, I think it's CEO of Netflix posted it that uh, Chappelle is one of the most popular comedians of all time that they have on a platform and obviously with so many specials that like oh here we go they know yeah if you want if you want to read I think it. I found it Netflix issues statement supporting trans employee walkout yeah it says here Netflix issues supporting. statement in support of trans employees and allies engaging in a walkout today and protest of the signatures handling transphobic content Dave Chappelle special to closer so it says here this is what they said Netflix spoke was told deadline this is comp CBR uh, we value our trans colleagues and allies and understand the deep hurt that's been caused. We respect the decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more work to do both within Netflix and in our content. It says Chappelle's transforming comments into closer, which including aligned himself with Team Turf, an acronym for trans exclusionary radical feminists, have inspired much criticism from Netflix employees and creatives. <laughs> Jacqueline Moore, co-showrunner of Dear White People, severed ties with Netflix to the special. Three trans Netflix employees, including engineer Tara Field, were temporarily suspended for trying to attend a private executive meeting to voice their criticisms. 
Oh, wow. And this is more for an article. This is from CBR, guys. Uh, one of the original organizers of the walkout protest, a black non-binary trans person named B. Pagos Minor, was fired from a company allegedly on suspicion of leaking internet data. The Bloomberg Day revealed Netflix spent more money on Chappelle's two most recent specials and did an entire first season of Squid Game. Pagos Minor denies the accusation. Okay. Says Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarnoff has kind of disagreed with those who describe the concept of closure as hate speech. He's argued that a stand-up comedy special couldn't directly translate to real harm. Sans may have challenged Netflix's own documentary disclosure chronicles how transphobic jokes and media representation is an effect of violence against trans people. Sarnoff's letter walked back his comments acknowledging there was a gross simplification that the media is capable of having both positive and negative reward effects. He apologized, saying that I felt I should have made sure to recognize that a group of our employees was hurting very badly from the decision made, and I should recognize up front before going to a rationalization of anything, the pain they were going through. Mm. Protesters listen to demands, focus on Netflix technology to harm its done, and committed to support trans employees. He paused and normally does not call for Netflix to move the closer, but does ask them to still include content warnings for transphobia and other forms of bigotry. Stars participating in the walk include Jonathan Van Ness, Jim, Jamila Jamil, Sarah Ramirez, Angelica Ross, T.S. Benson, Rick O'Hara, and Colton Haynes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they should put a disclaimer on it. But, God, but then we're going to get to put disclaimers on all comedy specials now because you can't like look I get it oh my god I get it but it's a comedy special like he and it's funny that like I don't know he says stuff and I think it's just as popular enough that you have to tell him that but like he kept saying oh it's gonna get worse from here like that's like a old trope I've seen people use but like when Chappelle does it it makes sense because at this point in his career like comparative to Richard Pryor, like, he's the top, you know, yeah. so, considering that the last specials he's released on have been on Netflix, and have garnered plenty of views now, um, more than anything he can, like, I'm sure fathom, compare, like, fathom from the past, now that technology moved the way it has, like, how can, it's like, it's very hard not to expect this thing to happen to where, you have people who are going to be offended with this stuff because it's on a major platform for viewing. But this is like the fifth special almost. I can't remember how which number of special was that he's done with Netflix. The last one for a while. And like, he's been writing this topic out for so long time. Now I get it. Like, even I was getting tired of, of that jokes already towards that. But like, he was making some valid points on how he feels about the community that is attacking him, but at the same time trying to help explain it on how it's affecting also the African-American community and, and vice versa, and how, but also it's a struggle that we can see instead of <coughs> being divisive, uh-huh. <coughs> be understanding like him going about the story about him and his friend who's transgender had passed away mm-hmm. and he used that as a vehicle of trying to kind of extend a branch of saying like look I understand your plight because it's like mine but what I'm telling you is that the, the at the point of which 
it becomes, I want to say, a <coughs> in a situation of, <coughs> excuse me, people pivoting towards a what a status of privilege. We'll say mm -hmm. people would use that before the thing they identify as. Right or as a as opposed to with an issue, right? Yeah. So he used the plight of people who are transgendered and using it as, and using that as also because there are African Americans in the transgender community and the LGBTQ community, and he was saying that there's still people who are discriminating them within those communities, mm. and he's saying what the hell, and he's trying to, and like even with using. His personal anecdote of a story that he had experienced, he had another transgender person, albeit he was joking around with it, who was also a comedian, by the way. Like, I think you have the same people who, as we see time and time again, they put it on the on the blogs, all that said, saying, "Look what Chappelle said." This, 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 that saying. So it's probably pretty much taken out. Well, context. you have a lot of people who don't watch this stuff. Yeah, you don't have a lot of people who watch stand up, dude. You just don't. Not a lot of people are into stand up. I get it, but like. Look, if a lot of people were on stand-up, you would see specials on multiple platforms, but there are not a lot of specials on multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. The big one is on Netflix now. Like, you want to get that Netflix special. But, like, you have a lot of people who also get these bites from, what, like, podcasts, YouTube videos, cutting it, like, look what happened with your... Oh, I'm not going to see a special, but what is this person saying? And then you edit it down to these little blurbs. So you're not really watching the special in its full entirety of the context. So it's pretty much out of context. Yeah, dude, you see comedians and all these specials create somewhat of a theme of what they're talking about with each special. And in this one, he took the time to explain to us why the fuck he's been hammering so much on the transgender jokes and all that stuff. And I, for one, when he called it the closer, I can understand why. But that's because I saw that special, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm watching a special, a comedy special. Whatever's going to offend me, I'll just leave it at that. But when it becomes, like, an issue of, like... I feel like... It's... it's It was something that... Got blown out of proportion for the clicks. And it's Chappelle's such an easy target to use. And considering that he... Used this, this particular community to go after because he feels that... His own people are still getting discriminated even within these communities that are are fighting for, you know, equality and respect, just like African Americans have been fighting for for long ever since they got here. <laughs> and like it it fucking sucks that this kind of gets pushed on the wayside even or like even what's you him Chappelle being such a great storyteller for him using the thing that he's good at and he knows he's going to still see criticisms that are very lacking in context lacking in, in in actual like they're just all nuance and it's just fucking like did anybody see the special at all so believe what you will i just um i'm waiting for the next special fuck and don't the thing that made me sad was that like hearing that he's not going to be doing another special for a while but maybe that's what he expected after he was going to say the jokes he needed to say on that stage 
Hey everybody, this episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you can want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. How, I mean... It, it got the ratings needed to get. I'm sure Netflix is going to be saving some money in their back end so they can get some Chappelle specials later down the road when they can. Um, maybe he needs the time to build up the material and to kind of take it easier for a while, help me with the town he's working on. But, like, man, um, I... Like, I haven't seen a special. Yeah, you I just saw it. his name popped up. I gotta check it out for myself and see. Yeah, you need to watch it. And see why they're taking it. But like you said, it could be something that got blown out of like context. Oh, it is. It, it, it's but just, like, I understand Netflix is saying, you know what? You know, they want to do a walkout. They support it. You know, at least, you know. Yeah, it's nice from like a, from an employer and a company thing. It's like we respect people walking out. But then they also f- suspended and fired a bunch of people too. So... It's weird that, like, I mean, I get it, you know, Netflix is not going to fucking, uh, we're going to still see a lot of these companies not submit to that stuff on, like, what I call, you know, like, I don't know, they're just, they are causes for concern, but, like, also, they're not the majority in how a lot of business is conducted, it's just not, not all, you know, so I just don't, like, Netflix is not going to do that. They're not gonna let that hurt them. Their wallets, you know. Uh-huh. You're talking about Chappelle over like a couple of employees who are pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, let's be honest here, guys. Like we don't live in a fantasy world where that's not gonna like, like they're uh, Chappelle's automatically you're not gonna get invested in it anymore. We're gonna cancel Chappelle now. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Good luck. Like, if that's the case, we're going to have to cancel uh, all the late-night shows. We're going to have to cancel Saturday Night Live. We're going to have to cancel um, The View. We're going to have to cancel all these shows that give com- political commentary or social commentary or any of the sort because it's offensive now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can use this argument towards a lot of different things. Like, I'm waiting for the straight people to say stuff, too, you know? Offense towards straight people too. Like, like, remember the men's rights, like, fucking protest and shit. Like, you see these all the time. These are still like the KK is still a thing. We know it's terrible, but it's still a thing. So like, that's where also the thing that Chappelle kind of used that vehicle for. Like, what the fuck? He's like, why, like, even my people are still getting fucked over in there? Uh, it's like, when the person is white, it's, you guys are good until you have to be white again. So he, like, also was saying, it's like, you guys are gay until, or like, you're, you're gay, you guys are on the same team until you have to be white again. And then, 
You can't do that. So, like, and he's just being honest. And and obviously there's people who can't take the truth and, and or what 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 he likes to say, your truth or their truth or how he sees the world. So, at the end of the day, you don't have to watch a special. You can get mad at whatever you want. Um, but Netflix is not going to shut down because of that. Um, and you're going to see plenty of comedians on there who are going to get their stuff on there because Netflix wants to invest. And if you don't want to see offensive content that's for you, then just fucking don't pay Netflix money. Cancel your subscription, go somewhere else. There's other stores on your block, right? So. Yeah, like you have a choice, you know? You have a choice, yeah. Like, all power to the employees who felt strongly about this and walked out, but... Um, I guess we'll see if they are going to continue to, to let their employees practice that right to protest on how they feel strongly about these certain things. But I just don't think it's the majority. Mm-hmm. I really don't feel like it's the majority. So it fucking sucks, but I get it. But yeah, yeah I'm still a fan of Chappelle. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I got to see the special for myself just to see... Just like you said, it's like for people that, you know, did not see the special or just people that saw chunks of it, but that, like you said, did not get the full, you know, the full picture, like the big picture, basically, like the whole thing. I mean, yeah, we're in this age now. It's like, like I said, any little thing offends people. It's like, it's like I said, cancer culture is a thing. Yeah. And... I understand. You know, this is a community as well. I mean, this community matters as well. Like I said, all communities matter to me. Like I said, it's just about, you know, looking and making sure it wasn't taken out of context. Or you could be someone that had a grocery Chappelle. You never know. You always have people that like you and you have people that hate you. You know, it's like... Well, yeah, like anything you put out, like you're going to get criticized. It's just Chappelle's an easy target. The material calls for it. He's pretty, you know, like... Speaks his mind at this point. That's why I'm saying, like, man, the more and more you're going to be on the status of being the best to do it, the more you leave yourself open to get this criticism. And But, like, man, at least make it valid, I feel like. Like, if you're going to, like, prepare this fucking vitriol towards somebody and, and say this this stuff is taken out of context, I feel like you got to have the evidence to back it up. And it's just it's very hard to see that happening in this special it's just very hard if you don't watch it like that's on you but it's like it's the evidence is right there see for yourself and then you can come with your own opinion on it but and like i think with squid game like going back like i saw squid game and talked about it last week but i don't know you gotta check it out dude i mean yeah I it's like now it's becoming the next trend when it comes to costumes and stuff now and yeah there was like a i mean meme. you have to do one something there's a meme and Someone put a meme. I saw this meme on Facebook. It's like the costumes for all the years. 2018 was Joker. <laughs> and 2020 was The Among Us. Yeah. And then this year it's Squid Game. It's Squid Game, yeah. It was interesting. Um, The only thing, yeah, dude, it's up to you how you want to watch it. If you don't watch it in the original language, just do it. Yeah, the only thing I prepare you to do is hey, the subtitles because, yeah, Netflix got to the point that you couldn't catch up with it. Yeah. Whoever does the, sub- the subtitles for them did not catch up to the dialogue. I mean, I haven't seen the dub. I don't know how good no, the dub. Watch the don't dub. watch the dub. But watch dub, yeah, yeah it, it just yeah, it got to the point. Yeah, you'll see. You know, but overall, it was good, dude. You'll enjoy it. 
I mean, it does have some social commentary on there as well. And this is a production, like, even the creator, like, took him 10 years to finally going from one company to another to try to push it. And finally got picked up. And it's one of the trending things now on Netflix, you know. Like, with me, I hardly watch stuff on Netflix. Like, if it's the original anime stuff and that, which I need to jump on back on there and start watching all the new animes that are coming out, all the original ones that are coming out on Netflix. Except, it's like, for me, it's like a lot of stuff for me to catch up on. It's like, I'm still behind stuff but yeah um trip wise like, yeah it was cool that you got to go to seattle like ah for me right now i'm just gonna stay in illinois you know for right now for the time being save money <laughs> that's fine uh, save money right now and right now guys we're just gonna announce we i recently adopted a cat uh his name is cyrus he's right now with us right now we're recording he's the sweetest guy ever and he's like, sleeping what? You know, I decided, you know what? We need something to spruce up our HQ. And, you know, okay. He's like, he's like one of the sweetest guys ever. Loves to play. But, it was cool. Yeah, so, yeah. This is like, this become, this episode's kind of like, was like a commentary, like a social commentary movie sets. It's like, to me, overall movie sets should be, right, get it more. Should be safety-wise. They should do background checks on people that work in the, like, the prop makers and stuff. Make sure everything goes through proper inspection. Because mm-hmm. this is, like, the third incident, dude. It involves, like, someone getting hurt and, like, killed. By gunfire. I mean, there's been incidents where someone died doing a stunt. Um, there was a person who was a stunt double for the actors as he beats in Deadpool 2. She passed away from a, when, during one of the scenes when they're, like, down was riding a motorcycle. But, like I said, and it, it kind of brings up the gun argument again, too. Because what's going to happen is, with this incident happening, you think it's now it's probably getting to the point where gun control gets, like, more enforced now. But to me, like, to me, like, movie sets, I mean, yeah, they can be safe as long as you do the proper diligence and, you know, do background checks. Make sure these people are experienced. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure about this person, look at their recommendations, look at their credentials. So something like this does not happen again. And you can say, like I said, something like that doesn't happen again. And, you know, but you said sometimes accidents do happen, but it just sucks that it costing a person's life. Yeah. Yeah. Sad to see. So, like I said, you guys, just like I said, uh, stay safe out there. Um, you can check out the backlog of our episodes on... Anchor, Google, Spotify, um, also on Apple, we're also on Audible, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Hope you enjoy our social commentary episode of the week. Um, if you feel, if you guys have more opinions about how that movie sets should be set to higher standards, that production safety should be set to higher standards, you can go on Twitter, your opinion, you can follow us at Twitter on at PopTalking on Twitter. Um, you can chime in also on us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talking pop. Um, and like I said, uh, you can check out our merch store at spring.com. Just search for talking pop. We got hoodies, especially now that it's getting cold. We got coffee mugs. Um, we also got face masks. So check those out as well. Um, if you like video gaming, um, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash franchise685. Right now, I just decided for a special Halloween week, I decided to start playing um, Supermassive Games. First, I start their series. 
Um, I recently picked up the Dark Pictures Anthology series on PS4. But right now, I'm, I just started um, Supermassive Games' uh, collaboration with Sony Computer Entertainment called Until Dawn. I got to like six chapters. Uh, if you make sure to, if you want to see that, make sure to follow me on Twitch to check that out as well. Um, Bitcoin, any socials you want to share? Not at the moment. <laughs> no, no. No? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that would do it. Hope you enjoy our social commentary track of episode of the week. So, hi, hopefully next week we have something more lighthearted. <laughs> All right. So, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. <laughs>